This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 230. Hello, veterinary friends. Welcome to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. Today, I am looking forward to talking about money because I love money, specifically student debt. And my guest today is Megan McGuire. Megan is a certified student loan professional. She's been a consultant at Student Loan Planner since 2019, and she consults with nearly 2,400 people and has advised over... $380 million worth of student debt. Since starting with Student Loan Planner in 2019, Megan has written many articles, including on topics such as student loan repayment strategies, student loan debt loopholes, technicalities of the federal student loan system, and taxable loan forgiveness. Welcome to the podcast, Megan. I'm so excited thank to have you. you. Yeah, thank you so much. I look forward to nerding out about... Uh... The nasty Money. topic, student loans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. student loan talk is kind of depressing, right? But oh, on yeah. some level, it's kind of good because it what it's what gets us through school. We wouldn't have yeah. our career if we didn't have loans. In in most cases, mm-hmm. I know yeah. I couldn't have afforded to go through four years of veterinary school and four years of undergrad without right. taking loans. So I'm excited to have you here. Yeah, no, I'm happy to chat about a lot of, there's a lot going on in the student loan world. So we'll break down a bunch of, uh, of digestible topics for, for you guys and hope, hopefully answer a lot of your questions. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So can you just start out? I know I read some of your bio, but can you just start out by telling us a little bit about, you know, yourself and your journey and how you ended up working with veterinarians in this capacity? Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, have been interested in personal finance since college. I, um, actually did the books for a gym and that's how I started to realize I liked numbers. I liked math finance in general. Um, so I, I realized though, I didn't want to be in corporate finance. I was more interested in personal finance, like one-on-one with people. I thought that was a lot more fun and a lot more personal. (laughs) Yep. And so I I went into the financial planning space and um, quickly learned that, uh, especially my generation and the generation right before me and, you know, after me too, um, student loans are a big deal now. Um, They they didn't used to be for my parents or my grandparents. They weren't really part of the equation. And if they were, student loans weren't a big deal. They were smaller amounts. People just paid them off quickly after they graduated. Um, but I started, you know, in my financial planning career with almost, you know, home mortgage size balances of student loans, you know, 200, $300,000 worth of, of loans. And so I quickly realized, well, if I want to work with younger individuals with their financial planning, I'm going to have to learn this stuff because just the quick pay it down approach is maybe not going to work best for everybody. And that took me down a crazy rabbit hole of learning about all the complex technicalities of, of student loans and how there's loan forgiveness opportunities. There's programs like public service loan forgiveness. There's income driven plans that base the payment off of your income. So just very complex debt. And a lot of people have it and a lot of people don't understand it. And um, so I, I started working with veterinarians and, and a lot of other healthcare professionals too, because I think of the prof- professions that I've worked with, I think number one, uh, most indebted is, well, I guess the top three, cause it kind of rotates is veterinarians, physicians, and dentists. Those are the three, you know, yeah, big very well-paying, yeah, very well-paying jobs, but very large student loan balances. And so naturally that's where I started to, to work in that, you know, in that capacity, helping veterinarians with student loans, because it was just such a big part of their financial picture. And, um, I really love it. So I'm really excited to talk about student loans and how folks can navigate it. Cause it is a very scary and overwhelming topic. And 
um, I look forward to kind of breaking it down to help people digest it a bit. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Well, and a lot of veterinarians are graduating right now, this, you know, early, late spring, early summer, everyone's getting out of school. So I'm sure that's going to be a concern for the people that are newly graduating, but it should also mm-hmm. be a concern for the students and also people that have been out of school a while, if they're, if they're feeling out of control with their loans, they might, mm-hmm. uh, might need some of this information. So where do we want to start? Do you want to start um, with all the changes that have been happening recently? Where do you want to start with this discussion? We can, yeah, we could talk about kind of the nature or like the environment that we're in right now okay. with student loans. Um, yeah. So that, that kind of started with COVID back in March of 2020, uh, federal student loans were put on pause. There was just a freeze of all federal student loan payments and interest. They dropped interest down to 0%. And uh, we've been in that environment. We are still in that right now. So really? they still don't yeah. have to pay them back? No, three oh, years. Gosh, I hope More people are paying them back. <laughs> I, like that breaks my heart. I'm no. like, I hope people just aren't sitting there not paying their loans. <laughs> that would make me. I know. Yeah. So there's, well, and actually there's reasons why maybe people should of course be paying these back, but there's also reasons why some people should not be paying them back. Um, so we'll, we'll get into that for sure, but that's, that's where we're standing right now. So that, you know, a lot of people haven't even had to think about student loans for a long time, but it does seem like this payment extension is coming to an expiration in August or September of this year, 2023. So it's, it's about to become a reality again. These things are going to come back and I'm we're going to have to start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have to start making payments again. So prepare your budgets. Um, but so that that's, that's an interesting, you know, uh, factor about federal student loans. Like that would have never happened with any other kind of debt, but here we are. And uh, so some other changes, there's been a lot of um, improvements to the public service loan forgiveness program, which may or may not be relevant to, to, you know, those listening. It's, it's really for folks who are working in a public service capacity. So um, that could be academia teaching in like a, a public, um, a public school or a um, state college, a nonprofit college, or working in a nonprofit clinic. Um, So public service loan forgiveness has had some improvements we could dive into that a little bit as well. Um, and then they're talking about a new income-driven plan. So there's there's been these like tweaks to the, the student loan system that are affecting you without maybe you even knowing it because everything's been on pause. Um, and they're all positive tweaks. So it's nothing to be worried about. It's just things that maybe we have to look forward to when we come to doing your planning. Okay. So can you explain... Um some of that, like the public service, is that something that people sign mm-hmm. up for as soon as they get out of school, if they go into a, a public type of, um, say veterinary clinic, or if they work for humane society, is mm-hmm. that something they have to apply for, or does it just automatically happen? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. So let's, we could talk about public service loan forgiveness for those that it's relevant for, and then we could chat on other repayment strategies for those where it's not relevant. Um, so public service loan forgiveness, it's a program that you can pursue, not really a repayment plan, but you would ideally sign up for it or submit documentation on your employer, um, as soon as you start working in that capacity. So there's, uh, the program itself, the premise of it is it will forgive federal student loans after you make 120 qualifying payments, which that's about 10 years if you are consecutive. And, um, that's a big deal because that's, that could be considered a short period of time. <laughs> and depending so, on how um, much you have, right? Yeah, exactly. Depending on how much you have. So the four requirements we have to check the boxes for to be eligible first is you have to be working full time or at least 30 hours a week for an eligible employer. So that's any 501c3 entity and that's any government entity. So could, could certainly be possible in the veterinary profession. Mm-hmm. Um, second requirement is we have to have federal direct loans. So, uh, private loans won't be eligible. There's some older loans that were issued before 2010 called FFEL loans. Those guys are not eligible, but they can be, you could fix them to make them eligible. Uh, the third requirement is we have to be on an income driven plan. 
So a payment that bases the payment off of a derivative of your income. Mm -hmm. And then the last uh, requirement is making 120 payments. Once that's done, 10 years have passed, whatever balance is left over on that loan after you making 120 income-driven payments is then forgiven. And that's a tax-free forgiveness event. Um, so it's a great program and they've made some improvements to it for those who may not have received credit in the past because maybe they didn't have the right loans or they weren't on the right repayment plan. So that was a lot of the work, like kind of the cleanup work they've been doing during this COVID forbearance. Um, so if you're someone who has some past history working in public service and you're not sure if you got the appropriate credit, make sure to take a look at that. Um, you can look up on studentaid.gov, the PSLF waiver, that might be something to, to look into, to make sure you got as much credit as possible towards that program. Okay. That sounds like a good program. If you know, if you know, it's available and you can find those kind of jobs, right? Yeah. Now yeah, our if it naturally fits. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying if, if uh, it naturally fits with like your career path, it could be a really great option. Yeah. Okay. And let me ask you this, because you said these loans have to be federal loans. Are most veterinarians loans federal or private when they graduate? Do you Mo know that? That's a good question. They are mostly federal because okay. federal loans are very accessible when you're going to, to grad school and vet school. So it's, it's most of the time federal loans. And that's a lot of the conversation today will be about federal loans. Cause that's the vast majority of what's out there. Most people have. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then what about the new, the income driven? That's, that's yeah. different, right? It's, it's a repayment plan that really anybody could be on. It's required for public service loan forgiveness, but you could also be on an income-driven plan if you're not working at an eligible employer. So then the question is, you know, if PSLF is not really applicable to you, how should you be thinking about your loans? And that, that'll dictate what kind of repayment route you should be considering. And so I say you could put yourself in a box depending on how much your balance is in comparison to your income. So if you're someone whose balance is less than your income or around the same as your income right now, but you expect your income to be higher than your balance very soon, then you probably want to be paying your loans off pretty aggressively. You'll have the income to be able to put higher payments towards it to pay the loans off sooner rather than later. And that mathematically will probably be the best plan for you. So you could go on like a standard plan within the Fed system, which just takes your balance, spreads it out over a specific period of time, and you pay it all off within that time frame. Or you could go and refinance, which is the way that you could reduce your interest rate. So that's that's one bucket. That's if your balance is less than your income. Now, if you're the reverse, if your balance is a lot greater than your income, which we are seeing quite a bit of in the vet space right now. Um, then we might want to be considering an income-driven route because those income-driven plans have forgiveness associated with it after either 20 or 25 years. And that doesn't exist with any other kind of loan, just like public service loan forgiveness. Like these are all weird concepts when we're thinking about debt because usually right. we're taught to pay our debt back, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It seems weird to just wait it out and then it gets forgiven. Yeah. It's like a strange yeah, and it it's kind of feels, yeah, it feels kind of like maybe yucky sometimes or, you know, uh, but so it, it is a very real route that someone can go and it can be your safe haven because the reality is when you do the math on what the payments would be, if let's say your balance is two times what your income is and probably will be for the foreseeable future. That is a lot of money that you're going to have to be throwing towards your loans to pay those off in a decent amount of time. So then the question is, you know, should we be paying them off or is it mathematically more beneficial for you to just go that forgiveness route, pay payments based off of your income and get a balance forgiven at the end of that 20 or 25 year term. And that forgiveness is associated with those income driven plans. So kind of circling back to uh, that initial question about income-driven repayment. There's four different income-driven plans. Uh, the two cheapest are called repay and pay. 
both based on 10% of discretionary income. And discretionary income is calculated off of your adjusted gross income uh, from your tax return. And then they subtract um, 150% of the poverty line deduction. So you don't have to know how that's calculated exactly. Complicated. <laughs> yeah. There are calculators online on studentaid.gov, on our website, studentloanplanner.com, um, that you could plug in your income and it will spit out what the payment's going to be. But that's how the the pie is made, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, and then depending on the plan, pay as you earn is the 20 year timeline. So that's the shortest. We could have uh, loan forgiveness if we're not doing public service loan forgiveness. And repay is 25 years. And um, the reason they both exist is because some people who have some older loans might not be eligible for pay because we could not have borrowed before 2007 to, to have access to pay as you earn. Okay. So if you did, then repay could be the next best option. Okay. And then if you're, uh, this might be a dumb question, but if you're in one of these um, programs that you're looking forward to in 20 to 25 years to get loan forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Is there an option? Let's say you're working for 10 years and you're making, you know, gobs of money and you're like, Hey, I just want to give, I just want to pay this sucker off and get rid of it. Do you mm -hmm. have that option then? Or are you kind of roped into that 20, 25 years? Yeah, you could switch gears. Um, so you, it's ideal if you know which route you want to go, uh, within the first, I'd say the first like three to five years of your career. Okay. Um, cause that's a very like unknown time too. Like you're not right. probably sure exactly where you're going to be in a couple years. You don't know what your income is going to quite look like. Right. That's okay. That's very normal, <laughs> Yeah. but you should have an idea of the path that you probably should be going in. If you're either a pay it off approach person, or if you're going to be maybe entertaining that forgiveness and then at least take steps to go in that route. And then you could have kind of a backup plan. So where, like, like you said, if you're making great income, you know, you're crushing it and you just want to pay it off a lot sooner, you're not trapped in that income driven plan. You certainly could switch gears. Um, get it paid off. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. There was another question that I was going to ask you, see if I can remember it kind of flew in and then flew out of my brain. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I know, you know how that goes. Oh, I know what it was. Yeah. But when I'm coaching veterinarians now, a lot of the, a lot of veterinarians, when they're changing jobs are getting mm -hmm. these big, um, retention bonuses. Like mm -hmm. if they work there for a year, they get, you know, several thousand dollars. If they work there for two years, they get 10,000 if they work there for three. And so the, some of the corporations are promising these big chunks of change now, does that amount get roped into your income-based repayment or it would? That's a good it question. Goes on your taxes? Yeah. yeah. So I was going to say yes and no, it could. Okay. You could also prevent it from affecting the income-driven plan because that is a one-time bonus typically or a very limited time bonus timeline. Right. Um, it's not guaranteed going forward. And so- when you apply for an income-driven plan, how they verify your income is they link back to your most recently filed tax return, which okay. the bonus would show up there. Right. But the very next question is, has your income decreased since that tax return? And you could answer honestly, if you don't plan on getting another bonus this year, you could say, yeah, my income is not the same. I just have my salary now. Right. Um, and that could keep the payment just proportionate to what you're actually making. That's what I would probably suggest in that situation. Okay. Yeah. Cause I know I see that a lot now. There's a lot of um, bonuses being paid out, which is mm. kind of a new phenomenon that hasn't mm -hmm. been happening. Maybe the last, maybe it's been 10 years. I don't know, but okay. Mm. All right. Yeah. So what else, where do you want to go next? Not sure what to ask you. Yeah. Um, so one cautionary thing I'll mention about the income driven path for those who are going towards that forgiveness route, um, the balance that gets forgiven in the future. So let's say you go on that income driven plan, you get 50,000 forgiven that 50,000 could potentially be taxable to you in that year of forgiveness, which sounds kind of stinky too. Cause it's like, ah, 
I thought I was doing forgiveness. Why am I going to get slapped for the taxes? Taxes always suck. Taxes are just, they're just (laughs) awful. I mean, there's no way to get around it. You're taxed way too much always, right? Yeah. What's the saying? Like the only thing definite in life is death and taxes. taxes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. That's it. That's an old saying. Oh man. So that, that could potentially be the case. Um, this could also change. So we're monitoring that right now. Um, there's, there is some talk about whether or not this is, um, this should stay around and we, we don't think it should. Um, cause if you, if you're going the forgiveness route, it's because you either, you weren't able to pay the loans off and you had to rely on forgiveness or strategically that made a lot more sense. Um, but even so interestingly, even if we're having to think about paying taxes on that forgiven balance, that ratio, if your balance is still a lot greater than your income, mathematically that amount, like how much you have to pay in taxes, plus what you like, just adding up what you pay over that 20 or 25 year timeline. A lot of times just mathematically, that is still the cheaper option compared to paying it off really aggressively, which is sometimes kind of shocking for people. Right. Because we, again, we've always been taught to pay the lo- pay debt off very aggressively, but when we compare the numbers for, for someone whose balance is a lot greater than their income, it just mathematically doesn't even make sense anymore to do that. So kind of tying back to one comment you made in the very beginning about, you know, where payments are paused right now, interest is frozen. So this time period is a great thing for people. I think in general, because you could strategize both ways, but for those going towards loan forgiveness, these three years have been counting for free towards that forgiveness timeline if they've graduated. Oh, okay. Um, that's that's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Even yeah. if they so haven't been paying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's great. So strategically, you wouldn't want to pay if you're already right. getting credit. Yeah. And for those who are planning to pay the loans off, this is also great because you have 0% interest. So you could work that balance down a lot faster than you could have if interest was here. Right. So I think- both ways. It's a, a benefit right now. <laughs> as long as you're not just blowing that money and you have nothing to show for it after these three years, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're going on vacations and spending it on your house. Then that would be the only time it would be bad. <laughs> yeah. There's a balance. There's for sure a balance that there's priorities. You could, you could have some fun and be responsible with, with this money right now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. For sure. So, um, I don't want to pull you off topic. So tell me if we need to speak more about this, but I had a thought about people that are either getting ready to go into veterinary school or professional school, or that are already in it and they're, and they're currently taking out loans. Is there something those Mm -hmm. people should be thinking about or doing before they actually get out of school and have to start paying off debt that they, that they could do to prepare to make Mm. these decisions? Like, do you counsel people on in that part of their life? We, yeah, we do. So we have pre-debt consultations that we uh, we do for both graduate students, like folks going into graduate programs, and we're also doing them for undergraduate programs now too, for especially for parents because undergrad is getting more expensive. Um, but if you're in school or thinking about going to vet school and you're, you know, that you're going to have to be borrowing, I think it's good for you to just become more educated in what student loan repayment is, or like, I I guess the federal student loan system is pretty complicated. You don't have to know, you know, the ins and outs of all the different repayment plans, but I think you should at least have an idea of what your path is going to be and what your objectives are going to be post-graduation. As in, you know, do you feel a calling to going into public service, working for the humane society or working, going back and teaching? If that's you, then public service loan forgiveness could be a great route for your student loans. And so um, really just uh, having the steps together, like being prepared for when you're about to graduate, submitting that paperwork sooner rather than later can be a good way to just get organized and um, in a weird way, if you think you're going into public service, the, the amounts that you're be look, you're going to be looking at for borrowing almost don't matter as much. So that might alleviate some stress that you might have because of that public service loan forgiveness program. 
Um, and also weirdly, uh, you might hate me saying this, but in a weird way too, if you're someone who knows that as a vet, you're going to be making, you know, let's say 150, 175, that's probably going to be your cap, but your, your vet school is saying it's going to cost, you know, 280 or 300 or more to, to finish their program. Then I think you go into this experience. If, if you're having to borrow, knowing that you're probably going to be looking at an income driven plan going towards loan forgiveness in the future, which can also bring you some peace of mind to not feel as overwhelmed about how much you're borrowing. And that sounds kind of irresponsible for me to say, but at the same time, you know, you can't be a vet without going to vet school and vet school costs what it costs right now. So if that is your dream job, if that's what you're called to do, go for it. Don't let the loans stop you. Um, but also have a game plan for what that's going to look like post-graduation. And I think having the game plan early on really helps you save time, save money, save some peace of mind <laughs> and just knowing what, what that's going to look like for you. And that way you can move on to other, you know, planning things, you know, starting a practice or buying a house, um, starting a family, whatever it is. Cause I, I see it all the time where student loans do, uh, hold people back either professionally, financially, um, you know, personally, I've had many people tell me they, they don't want to get married until they have their student loans figured out, or they don't want to have kids until their student loans are paid off, you know, whatever the situation is. I think the, as long as we have a game plan for the loans, you don't have to put everything else on hold. I, I'm very, I feel very passionate about that. Yeah. You don't want to ruin your life over a bunch of student loans. I would, I would add, because I've talked to a lot of vet students, I would add that when you are going through veterinary school and you know that's your path, that you should be cautious about how you're spending your money. Like have a budget because mm -hmm. sometimes that student loan money, and, and this happened to me even when I bought my practice, when the economy was good, the banks would just give you money. You know, mm -hmm. like I was, mm -hmm. I was putting an addition on my practice and I would just call the banker and say, you know, I need 50,000 more. And he would just come over and have me sign the paper. It was so easy Oh wow! <laughs> because we were low risk, but then you get this ginormous loan. And I think when students are in school, they don't think of that. They think, well, I need mm -hmm. to, you know, go out and I need to, you know, have my phone and I need to have a car. And, and so sometimes that money is too easy. It's coming too easy. Mm -hmm. And so I would, I would caution, I've talked to some veterinary students and they're like, well, I wish I would have stayed in a cheaper place, you know, and not spent mm -hmm. all my money on room and board. I mean, I wouldn't have had as much student loan debt, you know, yeah. kind of watching those things, the tuition you can't control. That's not something that you can yeah. control, but you can control your other spending and, um, you know, that's you just don't point. think about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you don't. And it, I think it's also great practice. So like, like you said, like watching your budget start and start to prioritize, like what's important to you, what you can and cannot spend money on at this time. Cause it's not free money. If it's loan money, you're going to have to pay it back one way or the other. Um, if it's the forgiveness route, maybe it's going to make your tax bill in the future higher for how much you get forgiven. If it's, if you're paying these loans off, you're going to be paying off a larger amount. So this is a great practice round for budgeting in real life. Like when you have that income coming in. Um, so if you can get good with budgeting and managing your money well now, you know, you're going to set yourself up really well for, for the first few years of your career or, in, and, you know, going into, to just your financial planning in general with great habits. And that takes a lot of people like years to learn it, as an adult. So if you could start earlier, that's better. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah, I'm, I've always been kind of a spender. So I have a hard time. Um, I used to, I didn't, I, I learned as I went along not to be such a spender, but I think sometimes you just don't think you think, okay, debt is inevitable. You have to have it. You know, you have to take out loans to buy homes. You have to take out loans to buy your practice. We kind of get used to that being in debt, but mm -hmm. being out of debt feels a lot better. So if you can, <laughs> if you can manage your money early, I think that would help a lot for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. So mm -hmm. what else do we need to talk about in this area? 
Let's see. So maybe some quick tips for those who are about to be graduating. Um, we're coming up around that time. Yes. Um, if you've been in school, you haven't really had to be thinking about your loans, but the time is coming. Um, also I think this could also be relevant to anybody gearing up for payments, kicking back in. Like if you've been on that pause for three years, um, but some quick tips, um, start to get organized right now with your plan. I know you're coming up on graduation. This is an exciting, maybe stressful time too. So I think, you know, get your ducks in a row for finishing up school, graduating, and then start to re, uh, focus on, on the student loan situation, which doesn't have to take a ton of time. Like just really maybe spend, um, maybe an afternoon or an hour or two logging into your account. So find out where your loans are. You can start with going to studentaid.gov, making sure you have login access to that website. That's the federal hub for all things, federal student loans. And that website will tell you how much your balance is. And that's also where you could do things like consolidate, which that's combining the loans. Um, if you wanted just one loan to be paying on post-graduation, it also is where you apply for your repayment plan. So if you want to get on an income-driven plan, that's where you do that. But you also want to find out who your servicer is. That's the company that's going to be collecting the payments from you. The government doesn't do that. They outsource that to these loan servicing companies. And so in that portal, it'll tell you who has your loans for servicing. And they could be one of four companies. Mohila is one, uh, Ed Financial, there's Nelnet and Aid Vantage. So one of those guys will have your loans and you'll want to create an account with them as well. So take that first step. That's a really easy step just to get organized, know where you're at. And then, you know, if you have the capacity that same day, maybe start to, to think about what your plan should be. When you graduate, you do have a six month grace period where you do not have to make payments. You're not really required to do anything with your loans, but this is a great window of time to figure out what your plan should be. So should you be consolidating? Should you be applying for an income-driven plan? You know, what are those next steps that you need to take and um, start going ahead and taking them during this time where you're not required to really do much? And that'll get you ahead. That'll, that'll get you organized for, for when the real deal kicks in. <laughs> so I think those would be um, some tips right there. And remember the rule of thumb. If you're someone whose balance is a lot greater than income, you should be thinking about maybe an income-driven plan right now. So go ahead and apply for repay or pay. Um, let's see. And if you're working in public service, make sure to submit your employment certification forms. So I think those are just some things to get organized right out the bat um, or right out the gate, I should say, and uh, can help just kind of alleviate some stress around the loans. So you can focus on getting started with your job, you know, getting, getting That's going stressful with your enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's, it's a really, that's a really hard time of life. You know, we mm -hmm. think when we graduate from high school, that life changes a lot, but I think when you graduate from veterinary school, you know, you all of a sudden you're a doctor and you have all that responsibility. Plus you have all the loans, plus you have a new job. Plus, a lot of times that's in, in your life when you're getting married or having kids, you know, it's just, it's a really, really hard time of life. So I think mm -hmm. just thinking about it and planning for it is, is super critical to not being so stressed. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And looking it in the face right now is going to be a lot easier than putting it off and having to come back to it in a really stressed, you know, mindset. Cause you're worried about work, you're worried about your kids, or you've got a wedding coming up, whatever the scenario. So I think take this kind of breather and, and take, take advantage of that time to get organized and get things going from the beginning. And I will say probably the number one regret of the people I've worked with, I've worked with over, I think over 2,500 people at this point. Um, the biggest regret I have from people, if there is one, is that they wish they would have looked at their student loan situation sooner, or they wish they would have gotten a plan together sooner. So some of them probably don't even know how much they have, yeah. right? Yeah. Like they're shocked Sometimes when they unknown. look it up and they say, oh, I didn't even know I had that much. Yeah. Yep. So go ahead and do that now. Now is the time. Uh, don't delay. 
get organized now. Your future self will thank you because you would have saved yourself a lot of time, energy, and money. Um, and yeah, this is an exciting time too. So don't feel like, you know, the loans are going to be the drag of your summer. <laughs> they might be temporarily, but once you have that plan together, you'll be all set. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of the stories that I hear from people are the, the debt hanging over your head is so stressful that they can't really enjoy, mm -hmm. you know, they just spent eight years, most of them going and getting this awesome dream job that they've always wanted but mm -hmm. that student loan debt hanging over their head just kind of spoils it. And so yeah. I like that you're giving them the advice to just kind of relax. It can be done. We can figure mm -hmm. this out, you know, and, and if you need help, definitely there's people that can do the numbers for you. And, you know, if mm -hmm. you're not a math nerd, you can call someone like Megan, who's a math nerd. Yeah, exactly. figure it out, right? <laughs> you could delegate it. Yeah, exactly. So we, you know, there are professionals out there. I'd say look for a certified student loan professional like myself or check out studentloanplanner.com. This, this is all we do. This is our bread and butter. So if you want some guidance on what your plan should be, because the other kind of annoying part of student loans is there's not really a cookie cutter plan. Like there's a lot of strategy in being able to save the most money in your student loan plan. Mm -hmm. Now you could have a very like vanilla plan but you may not be maximizing like all of the savings that you could, could be, and you may be missing out on certain things. So I, I think, you know, knowing your plan well, maybe hiring the help to, to help take it to the next level is, is can certainly be worth it. Um, and then also just like not having to think about, you know, did I do it right? Am I on the right track? Like, you'll know if you're working with somebody who does it every day. Um, so definitely check us out if, um, if you need some help with your plan. We do one one-on-one -on -one consultations. We build customized plans for folks. Um, so studentloanplanner.com is where you could find us. You could book your consultation there. We also have a ton of free content on student loans in general. So we've got a big blog uh, section of our website. We've got a lot of free calculators on our website that you could play around with. Um, so we, we really know this stuff forwards and backwards, and we want to help you make smart decisions and we're there for you. If you need that, that extra layer of help with, with having us actually put together your plan. Yeah. So what about the people that have been out a while? Let's say, you know, they still have huge student loans and they didn't really think too much about it early on. And they just sort of randomly decided on their own to take a plan and now they're making good money and they just feel like they don't know what to do. Do you work mm -hmm. with those kind of people too, that, you oh, know, yeah. that have loans that have been around for a while? Yes, definitely. And, um, yeah, for those folks, it's, it's making sure that they are in fact on the right repayment plan. If not, how do we pivot to that, that right route? Are, are we switching plans? Are we switching strategies altogether? Um, do we need to consolidate loans? Should we consider refinancing? So we're really crossing off like all of the options that you do have available to you. Um, there's also some interesting, again, things going on with the, the Department of Education kind of cleaning up the student loan system. Um, so one thing that's very uh, interesting going on right now is called this uh, IDR account adjustment. This is not relevant to anybody who's just graduating. So if, that, if you're just graduating, you can tune this part out. <laughs> but for those who have had loans for a while, um, this account adjustment, uh, the Department of Ed is doing it automatically for anybody who has federal loans. And they're they're looking back to see how much time have people actually been in repayment? Have, have there been extended forbearances in the past, which are periods where you could put payments on pause? And they're they're going to allow all those time frames to be counting towards the the income driven forgiveness clock even if you weren't on an income-driven plan. So that's a big deal for folks who have been in re repayment or at least had their loans out for a while. Right. Who, if you, if you don't know if you're on the right track, it's not too late. There's a second chance to make sure that you are on the right track going forward and we can claim credit for that prior um, you know, loan history to, to make sure that we don't miss out on any income-driven forgiveness credit. So that's a big deal. If you, or, you know, someone who said, you know, man, I've had my loans around for forever for like 20 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if that, if you know someone like that, or if that's you, 
definitely look into that account adjustment because you could legitimately be having your loans forgiven now, because if you've been in repayment for 20 or 25 years, depends on your plan, then you could be uh, awarded that time towards the income driven forgiveness and have the balance wiped out. Um, so that's a huge deal for those who have had loans around for a while. So check with uh, your parents, check with uh, some of your older friends, maybe your colleagues who have been out of school for a while, make sure that they know about this just in case. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't think we realize it, but some people do keep their loans around forever. Like they mm -hmm. just don't know how to get out of it or the, the interest piles up so fast that they just mm -hmm. can't get ahead of it. And I think, you know, just knowing that there's something you can do is, is super important. Yeah. There's definitely an end in sight. Um, I hear the joke sometimes that people are going to die with their loans. Like they're going to take them to the grave and <laughs> that's not the case. 25 yeah. years is the max that you could have. <laughs> so, <Right. laughs> um, let's just make sure yeah. you get there efficiently and save money doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And don't, don't waste your time if you can help it. Right. Get it yeah. right. Get the right help that you need. Right. So before we wrap this up, is there anything that we should have talked about that we didn't, or that I didn't ask you that I should have? Mm. Oh man. Let's think, um, from a broad perspective, I think we covered a lot of the big touch points. We covered kind of this, the state of student loans right now. Um, only last note I'll maybe make on student loans is there is still things changing. So, uh, there could be a new repayment plan coming out at the end of this year, for example. Um, I don't know, we, we don't know if it's going to be coming out, but it could potentially be cheaper than, than repay and pay as it exists right now. Mm -hmm. So that's also kind of the, the challenging part of student loans is that things change all the time. Kind of like the tax code, like tax code it's changes all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's government. Exactly. Our, our um, illustrious government. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of similar, what I said a moment ago about getting help, like, um, you know, if you think you're on the right track, great, but maybe just pay attention to some of the things that are, are changing or that are happening in the, the department of education and in the student loan world right now, because a lot of things have been impacted positively. Um, and you just want to make sure you're taking advantage of everything that you can. And if you need the help navigating that, figuring out what's relevant to you and what's not, there is the help out there, uh, that you could, you could hire, um, so I, I think that rounds out our conversation on student loans. I think, yeah. Anything else I could touch on though, that you have on, on your mind, maybe? <laughs> well, I mean, the only thing that pops into my mind always is, is there, if we take the student loans out of it and we just talk about finances in general, I think everybody is so, I shouldn't say everybody, I should speak for myself, but a lot of veterinarians, that's not their world, the finance world mm -hmm. and the, you know, the investing and the saving and, you know, the planning and all of that. So on some level, um, I know you do some of that kind of work. Mm -hmm. Do you have just like maybe one or two words of advice for people when they're thinking about that, mm -hmm. maybe separate from the student loan issue? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Financial planning in general. Yes. Yes. Cause student loans, we, we definitely drilled down into student loans today. Um, they're a piece of your financial plan. They're a big piece potentially. They're, they're the biggest elephant in the room when you graduate. Um, but that is not the whole picture. And sometimes a big misstep for people is they only focus on the student loans like early on in their career. And they don't really focus on other areas of their plan such as, you know, getting good with budgeting or starting to save for retirement. These are some really crucial years early on in your career that you could also make, be making great steps towards your future uh, financial picture. Um, and time is on your side because we've got more time now than we will five years yeah. from now. Yeah. yeah. And I'm telling you from somebody on the, on the older end, it goes by really fast. Yeah. <laughs> when, when you tell young people that they don't believe you, because I didn't believe it. And then I'm like, yeah. you wake up one day and you're like, oh, I'm old now. How did that happen? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I think um, word, word of advice here is I think the, the student loans are a big, maybe uh, speed bump initially. 
get that together. Like we talked about, I, I think we stress that quite a bit, get that together. That will allow you to free your mind up to be thinking about other goals. Like what else is important to you? Like, I know maybe having a plan for your student loans can be important, but what else that really matters? Like, do you want to buy a house in the mountains of Colorado, or do you want to start a family farm? And, you know, what are those like dreams that you want for you and your family that, you know, after the plan is together for your loans, you could start to put together the plan for the rest of your life. And, um, I think that's exciting. And sometimes people are scared to do that before they have a plan for the loans. So that's, that's why that's such a crucial step. Right. Um, so we do offer, so student loan planner, we specifically do student loan planning, uh, but we have a, a sister branch SLP wealth that does financial planning and um, financial planning is really just putting together all of the rest of the pieces of your financial puzzle and making sure that we're walking in that direction that we want to go. What are your goals and how do we get there? How is the best way to, to get there as efficiently as possible? Um, and since we are very familiar with the big hurdle of student loans, we could speak your language on, you know, making sure that that, that piece is not going to hold you back. Um, so I, I think, uh, starting to plan early, it's also like another thing to think about. I know we're talking about, you know, graduation and yeah, it's starting so our career, but <laughs> yeah. it's so important. I mean, money, money provides freedom. And if you have mm -hmm. a little bit, or you think about it and you save, you know, so many, when I, when, um, I would talk to people that worked in my practice, when you have like a 401k or a simple IRA or something that your company matches, so many people wouldn't use it. And I would, I would just mm -hmm. get so angry. I'd be like, you go sign up for that right now. And yeah. you just put 10 bucks in there a week. I don't care how much, <laughs> but you, you blow $10 a week, put it in that account and the company mm -hmm. will match it. It's like, they're giving you free money. Mm -hmm. And there's so many times that people just don't get that. They're afraid of it. They're afraid of, well, I don't know how to invest and I don't know how to, you know, find yeah. a mutual fund or I don't, well, then get somebody to help you, ask somebody to help you. Most of the companies, you know, the corporations that you work for have people that will help you get enrolled in those programs. They're 401k. Mm -hmm. You are a, uh, you, you could help them financially plan. And it, it's mm -hmm. just, it's something that as a younger person or somebody that's, you know, even before you get into vet school, you don't think about, but it's like, you have to do it because, you know, they're, yeah. they're giving you money for free if they, if there's a match. Mm -hmm. And then if you're not doing, if you're not taking advantage of that, you're just leaving this pile of cash, like yeah. piling up in your trash can. And yeah, it disturbs me. So I'm very passionate about yes. taking advantage <laughs> of all that. Yeah. I used to yeah. get so mad at my employees. I'm like, why are you not in the simple IRA with us? <laughs> well, I can't yeah. afford it. They always say I can't afford it. Yeah. And I'm well, like, so what's not to exactly. And I think what's interesting is, um, you, you know, you aren't making income while you're in school. So when you start making income post-graduation, like it's a lot of money, it's going to feel like a lot of money at first. Right. And it's so interesting how quick you grow into that income. Mm -hmm. And so you really have to be proactive about taking those, those responsible steps early on. So, you know, before your first paycheck even hits, if, if possible, I know sometimes there's a waiting period, but go ahead and sign up for that 401k. You're not going to miss that money because you've never had that money before. Right. <laughs> so yeah. the earlier you can do it, the you easier get your paycheck. You don't even see it. Yeah. You don't, even you don't see it. It's not it. painful at all. Right. It's, it's a lot more painful to do it later. If you're thinking, oh, well, I'll just start saving later. I've got other things to focus on now. That later is, is either not going to come, you know, like you thought it was, or when you do start looking at this later, it's going to be a lot more painful because you've already grown into that income. It's not really about like the, the dollar amount necessarily anymore. It's, it's a life change to kind of pull yourself back mm -hmm. for what you've already grown into that lifestyle creep. So, um, being proactive now is the smart choice. <laughs> it's your future self will thank you. Um, this is all responsible money talk. 
but I'm hoping that you're able to take a nugget from this conversation and, and apply it to your situation. Oh, I absolutely <laughs> think they will. I think anyone out there listening is going to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to do exactly what Megan told me because <laughs> I want to, I want to be rich when I'm older. Yeah. You don't <laughs> want to work forever. Do, yeah. You want to be able to retire or not even retire. You want to yeah. be able to have choices. You want to be able to yes. you know, travel or buy your house in the mountains or, you know, mm-hmm. and, and all of this is the way you get there. So that's why I love talking about money so much because yeah. some people just don't, they don't think about it because it's so confusing and scary. And so mm-hmm. they just stick their head in the sand and that's not how it works. You yeah. have to actually do something to get there. So I yes, it. it's a tool. We've got to use it to, to get us to where we want to go. Yeah. So this conversation is a great starting point for you. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So before we wrap up, tell everyone again, where they can find you if they want more information and the website and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. You can find us at studentloanplanner.com. Uh, you could schedule a consultation with us there. Um, and then if you're interested in financial planning, Typically, we suggest you do the student loan plan first, and then we could graduate into student loan planning, but you could find us at SLP, kind of student loan planner, just the initials, slpwealth.com, and we'll be able to help you in whatever capacity you need us for. I love it. Well, I appreciate this so much. It was really fun. It went by fast, too. It did. But you yeah. gave us a lot of really good information, stuff that I didn't know. I, t- I have a little page of notes that I'm taking. So nice. <laughs> Even though my student loans are paid off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to say. <laughs> yes. That's but, awesome. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, I, just, I coach a lot of people that have student loans and they're, and they get so stressed about it. And I'm like, it, mm-hmm. there, it, it can be done. So mm-hmm. I just try to say, you'll be fine. It'll get paid off yes. eventually. You just got to got to keep chugging away at it. It feels overwhelming at first because it's such a big number, but then mm-hmm. it's kind of like that roll of toilet paper. The closer you get to the end, the <laughs> yeah. and then it, That's and a then your analogy, <laughs> then, yeah, then you can write the last check. So, mm-hmm. so this is Megan McGuire and it's studentloanplanner.com, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah, love you it. Got it. Thank you Thank so you. much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. That's yeah, been great. All right, everybody have a beautiful week and uh, check out your finances. Bye. Bye, Megan. See ya.